Embark on a journey of faith, fellowship and discovery with Vision Tours as you experience Australia's rich Christian heritage firsthand. Visit Christian heritage sites and museums in Sydney and across the Blue Mountains on this 10-day tour. Understand the people and events that shaped the fledgling colony with Outback historian Dr Paul Rowe. Join like-minded people this November with Vision Tours. See tour dates, highlights and inclusions at vision.org.au slash tours. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Well, things are getting tougher and around the world, you'll know there are wars and rumours of wars and there are some signs that we may be getting closer to the return of Jesus. And when we talk about the return of Jesus, often we're talking about what some call a rapture and others uh, talk about a second coming of Christ. Well, let's get some thoughts today. Bill Muhlenberg from Culture Watch has been giving thought to God, man and the parousia. Bill, welcome back to 2020. Great to be back, Neil. Bill, let's talk about this because it's a bit of a Greek word and uh, lots of people might not be so familiar with that. Um, even pronunciations are sometimes <laughs> difficult, aren't they? Yeah, so that's right. Uh, parousia does have to do with coming uh, in a general sense. Uh, for example, the Apostle Paul can talk about uh, Stephanus is coming uh, to refresh me, but it has a more particular, almost technical sense of the Lord's uh, second coming, the return of Christ. So used about oh, 25 plus times in the Greek New Testament. So that's now that we've gotten that out of the way, we're simply talking <laughs> about Christ's return. And the question is, uh, as I wrote in a recent piece, do we have any kind of impact on when he comes? Uh, on the one hand, right, God is sovereign. He's got his timetable. He will come exactly when he plans to return. But are there some passages in Scripture that seem to maybe indicate, well, perhaps we have some some impact on when this happens. Maybe we can help uh, speed things up or slow things down. So that's been the subject of a recent piece of mine. Well, speeding things up would mean the return of Christ quicker than we might for some anticipate. Uh, slowing things down, uh, some might say, why on earth would you think about slowing down the return of Christ? But as you say, there are some passages. Uh, which mm. ones have you highlighted that shed some light on the capacity of humanity to either slow things or hasten things? Well, probably most Christians aren't thinking, you know, let's slow down the Lord's return uh, unless they're pretty carnal or something and enjoying their life on earth too much. But I think most people I know, you know, are just tired of the sin, tired of the evil, tired of the pain and suffering. So many are simply praying like the Bible prays, come quickly, Lord Jesus. So, yeah, in that sense, there are... A number of texts which, again, seem to indicate, uh, partly depends how you interpret them. I list about four clear passages that I've long run with, which seem to have something to do with, well, maybe, uh, you know, if we're 
not being all we can be uh, for Christ, uh, maybe in that sense we will slow things down. Maybe he won't come back as soon as uh, we might like. So one of those uh, key passages that I refer to in my piece, a very famous one, of course, comes out of Matthew 24. Uh, there Jesus is talking about the end of all things and uh, what may or may not be happening. But interesting sentence, verse 14, he says, In this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So there you seem to have some kind of connection, right, between what we do, uh, evangelize, proclaim the gospel, and when Jesus comes back. So this is all part of a much bigger you know, discussion. How do we relate God and his sovereignty with our own choices, our own personal responsibility? On the one hand, God is fully in control, fully sovereign, and yet he often chooses to work through people, certainly in terms of getting the gospel out. He could just go around zapping people, but usually he uses you and me to share the good news. So at least in Matthew 24, seems like we've got some kind of connection between, well, let's get that gospel out to all nations, and then the end will come. It's not really ambiguous at all, is it? It's absolutely mm. straightforward. Uh, there is responsibility on some level of strategy to make that happen. And so, mm. uh, in our churches, we have missions departments. Uh, there are missions organizations. There are perhaps hundreds of thousands of missionaries who are all around the earth in every sort of people group, but yet there are still unreached people groups. So there is more strategy and uh, the commitment to make those strategies come to pass. Okay, let's go on to some of these other scriptures, Bill. What else have you identified that sheds light here? Yeah, well, kind of related to this, uh, and also in Matthew 6, as well as in Luke, uh, the Lord's Prayer. Uh, you get a just short and sweet. Jesus said, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So there Jesus is saying we should pray about the coming of the kingdom and about God's will being done on earth. Now, if we're meant to pray about this, well, it seems to some extent at least, well, we have some kind of impact. Uh, presumably, if we don't pray for these things, uh, well, you know, it, I suppose God's going to do what he's going to do. But sometimes what he does, he does through the prayers of his people. It's a cooperative effort. So if we're not both praying and sharing the gospel of the kingdom, uh, well, perhaps the kingdom will not come, or at least not come as quickly as it might. And, of course, uh, some will say the kingdom is already here and has mm. been since Jesus. Uh, of course, uh, the further reflection there on Jesus' second coming, the kingdom coming, I guess, in its fullness. Uh, mm. What about the next passage? Yeah, well, there's uh, several more we can look at. Uh, in fact, your listeners might come up with some others, but uh, these are certainly the four I've long run with in the book of Acts, chapter 3. Uh, Peter has some interesting words. He's talking to the Jews in this case, but it seems we can apply it to all of us. 
He tells them, repent and turn back that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ appointed for you. Uh, So then he goes on to talk about Christ coming from heaven to restore all things uh, as predicted by the prophets. So here at least, uh, Jesus seems to say there's uh, something we can do. And Bill, a fourth passage, uh, because some of these indicate God and his timing, uh, but this sort of thing, which puts some sort of responsibility on the believer, what's your fourth passage? Yeah, well, if the other three may or may not have been all that clear or that definite in terms of what impact we have, this last one, Second Peter 3, uh, that one seems perhaps the most uh, well alarming, if you will, that, hey, it's something like we might have some responsibility here. Second Peter 3, the context is all about the Lord's coming. And then Peter says, in the light of all this, how the earth is going to be re- dissolved and, you know, the whole new heaven, new earth. Peter says, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of the Lord? So that's interesting, right? It's not just one thing to wait for it, but here he says, hastening, speeding it up. Now, what is that all about? What does that mean? Uh, If we can hasten his return, uh, is the reverse true as well? Can we, you know, slow it down? So that's one verse that certainly got my attention and uh, seems that, uh, again, somehow we're involved in this big scheme of the end of the ages. So uh, we've been talking about uh, going into all the world uh, with the gospel, uh, and uh, there is something in the timing there that the gospel is preached in all the nations. Some might say all the nations have got some sort of semblance of the gospel, and maybe that time is getting close. Uh, But Mm. you're bringing in something very important here, a personal responsibility to prayer, something Mm. that so many people have uh, a reluctance to be really committed to. Yes, well, that's right. Uh, It's not just what we do. It's our prayer life, being willing to be used by God. Uh, And, well, there is some debate. The first passage I mentioned that we talked about going to all the nations, the Greek word there is ethne, another Greek word. Some have tried to use that to mean every people group in the world, certainly modern missiologists tend to translate it that way. Not all scholars agree. So even there, what does that mean? Does every nation have to hear the gospel first before Christ comes? Or even more, does every people group, you know, every tribe and tongue have to hear first? So that's a little bit unclear. But certainly the idea that, well, another related passage, you could say a fifth passage, right? When Jesus said, pray that the Lord of the harvest will raise up laborers. Uh, Same thing, tying in again. Uh, When the gospel is preached to all the nations, then the end will come. Jesus says, pray that we can get more workers in in the field. So again, going and doing, preaching, uh, sharing the good news, and even praying that more people will be raised up to do this. So again, somehow in this whole scheme of things, God's 
got his timetable, and yet somehow he works with his people. He works with our choices. He works with what we do or what we don't do. So if anything, that should give us all a bit more sense of urgency, the sense that, hey, just waiting around with your feet up and your bags packed, maybe that's not going to cut it. Maybe we've got a job to do. Maybe we've got things to be involved in if we want to see the Lord return. And there might be something to an understanding because I think it was Jesus himself who said, it's only the Father who knows when mm-hmm. these things will come. And that may be something Something that rests with God the Father, dependent on the body mm. of Christ. Yeah. Well, as I said earlier, it's this kind of hard to understand mix. We have two biblical truths: God is sovereign; He is in control. Uh, but on the other hand, He's uh, got us as responsible human agents to often work with him to do the work of the kingdom. It's a funny way to do it. If I were God, I wouldn't, you know, wouldn't have trusted getting the job done with a guy like me. You know, I think, oh, the job will never get done. But that's what God's chosen to do for so many things, including world evangelism. He's chosen to use us to do the work. And so we have some uh, impact on even the Lord's return. So something we all need to take seriously, prayerfully, and instead of just praying, Lord, come quickly, as I always do, maybe, you know, we need to now pray, Lord, show me what I should be doing so that you can indeed come quickly. And for some who like to make timelines and uh, be very precise in their estimation or their predictions of what will happen, uh, that throws that into a little bit of disarray too because, yes, (laughs) Mm. it's dependent on Mm. the people who are a part of the church. Uh, Bill, outstanding insights as always, uh, something to give food for thought and those things keeping before our eyes that the second coming of Christ is really a part of the essential elements of what we understand uh, those things that we believe as Christian believers. Going back to all those ecumenical creeds uh, that actually say, you know, look to the second coming of Christ. It's a part of what God has given to us. So for listeners to look at some more on what Bill has been writing this week, the one we've been talking about today, the article is called God, Man and the Perusia. You can find these articles at BillMuhlenberg.com or simply Google Culture Watch One Word. Bill, thanks so much for a great insight once again today on 2020. Always a pleasure. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.